Welcome to Improving Intimacy, a podcast to help single and married Latter-day Saints strengthen their family connections and marriages. Daniel A. Burgess is the host of Improving Intimacy. Daniel's a marriage and family therapist, father, husband, and author. Here's Daniel on this episode of Improving Intimacy. Welcome to another episode of Improving Intimacy. We've got Liz in studio today with Sexy Strength Training, and I'm excited to uh, introduce you to her and and go through her story. Liz and I kind of go back, but I first met her at my gym, and there was definitely something different about Liz. And I got to see her journey in developing her business around Sexy Strength Training, and her focus is a lot about empowering women. And so I'm excited to have her in studio today and and introduce everyone to her. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, Liz. Well, thank you, Daniel. And so uh, a little bit about myself is I grew up being super Mormon girl, very LDS family, very active church every Sunday, seminary, all the youth activities, all everything. Went to BYU. That was the only college I even applied to. I got in, went to BYU, was super active throughout the entire time. And I feel like during college was one of the start of the challenging times when you realize that you're out in the real world and the little bubble you grew up in as like the LDS community and everything else maybe isn't all what it was put out to be. So I had this vision in my head that I would go to college, I would get married like my mom did, and I would support my husband with a little part-time job because what I grew up with, my mom was a full-time stay-at-home mom. So I figured, well, that's what I'm going to be doing because why else would I do anything different? So my whole intention was, I mean, I got it. I got a degree and I was intending to do something because I was like, well, if he's a doctor, I got to help him like work. And so I got to be able to do something. I was actually a personal trainer during college. So I was like, what's the job I can get that'll pay me the most money during college? I'm going to be a personal trainer. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, so I did all that. And then and then it came through college. I actually had a missionary that I was waiting for. And there was a whole like uh, emotional roller coaster that I went through waiting for a missionary. And then uh, I ended up dating a non-member after, uh, before my missionary came home. And then when he came home, I, it didn't work out. And it was one of those like, Oh no. With your return missionary. Yeah. It didn't work out with return missionary. So, so was this a, something agreed on when he left, uh, you weren't going to date or you're or this was all your expectations. It was, it was all the expectations in my head. I, we, it was kind of funky. It was like, you can date, but I'm giving you like a promise ring. So it was, it was a little funky that way. I was yeah, like, yeah. and I was totally in my head. I thought I was going to marry him kind of thing. And then it, as the time went throughout, I, um, I was like getting ready. I was like, I'm preparing myself to go to the temple. I'm going to marry this return missionary. And then I, um, so I would like went to my bishop to go to the temple and they're like, well, you can't go to the temple unless you're going on a mission or unless you're getting married. I was like, well, I'm not really getting married, but I'm kind of preparing to get married. I mean, mm -hmm. my missionary can go to the temple. Why can't I? <laughs> Why can't I go to the temple? And so they told me, no, you can't. You have to wait till you get married or you're yeah. like 26. And I was 22, 23 at the time. 22 at the time. And I was just like, oh, no, that's not fair. And then they're like, well, if you just marry any good, you know, LDS guy, that's fine. And I'm just like, wait, what? Just any good LDS guy? You want to go to the temple, marry and someone. Then I can, yeah, just if you go to the temple, you can marry someone. I was like, that's not cool. And I'm sure that bishop is probably doesn't say that anymore. He was relatively new. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it like 
it kind of pushed me to go in the opposite way of like, well, you won't let me, I've worked this so hard throughout my life to be virtuous, be chaste, to be do all the right things. And now I'm being denied, you know, the entrance into the temple because of some stinking, um, you know, age thing. And I'm seeing 19 year olds who are yeah. a lot less um, mature than I am being able to go to the temple and, and all those things. And I was just like, just because they're getting married. And I was like, I'm looking at him going like, um, yeah. that does not make sense right there. No, that's not bad. So, so what happened? Uh, you, your missionary came home. You hadn't been to the temple. Yeah. Was this like a discovery of how your life expectations weren't really meeting up with your, your true desires? What was, what was happening there? Well, when he came home, it was like, I went out to go see him. He was in Utah. I went out to go see him. And then it was a realization that I was like, this is not actually the person that I want to be with. Like he had like lost confidence on his mission instead of gained confidence. Interesting. Yeah. Which I thought was super strange. Like he was super confident before he left. He came back and he was like, not as confident. And then I was just, I was a little, I think I was more of a wreck. Like if I describe myself in my early twenties, I was just an ultimate wreck of emotional. Like, is this right? Is this wrong? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? And I had been dating a non-member for uh, a good amount of time who was, you know, very confident, very suave, very, um, had a lot of the same qualities. We were like best friends kind of thing. And I ended up like, having like sex with him before, you know, marriage. Cause that's just, it was one it of those things that way. Yeah. It just kind of progressed that way. And I felt like, uh, during that time, I, I got to the point where I almost, I don't know if it was the, the lust or the desire for connection that kind of took over that I kind of like didn't, I don't know if I gave in, he never pressured me. He was really good with me, but, um, I decided to, I, I made the, I, did it. And then once I did it, I felt this like super big, like, oh shoot, I did it with him. I better marry this guy. Like that was literally, that was the obligation. That now. was the obligation because you're not supposed to have sex with anyone other than your husband. And right. so, uh, so when I made that decision, cause to, you still had desire to go to the temple and be yeah. faithful to, Oh, for sure. Right. I was going to, I was going to have this non-member member join the church. <laughs> like, <Of course. laughs> that was what was going to happen. And was he aware of this? <laughs> uh, I think so a little okay. bit. <laughs> I think so a little bit. And so we, we were married. We, so I ended up dating him for three years, ended up getting married to him, but then got divorced 11 months later uh -huh. because I realized that one, I'd gotten married for the wrong reasons, which was, um, because I was, I thought that it was like the sex was the reason I was supposed to get married. So I didn't really dig into what do I really need from a marriage or relationship. And then, uh, so, so what prompted that digging? What was there? Uh, did you just notice a lack of compatibility or were you just uh, discovering internally this wasn't lining up with your values or what was I think happening? there was there was definitely some lining up with values where like the bit one of the biggest things we fought over was like where to live oh wow <laughs> and like so I wanted to live on the peninsula he wanted to live in the east bay and I'm like oh, I hate the east bay <laughs> okay so you were back here in California yeah so this okay. is in California and like I had actually moved down to the bay area to be with uh, my husband at the time and so so when I moved here, 
And I was, I was wanting to build myself up to, you know, have a, a certain kind of lifestyle. And apparently no one else knew that, but only I knew it. I was just like, we're going to be wealthy. We're going to be go, you know, have all the things that we want. It's going to be nice, fun friends. Like we're going to work out. We're going to do all the things like that was my intention. And I was straight on that path for it. And he was like, no, I want to hang out with my old friends who are not really doing anything. Oh, and, yeah. um, I, he, then I was doing all the work. So I was the breadwinner at that point, like three or four times as much as he made. And I wasn't making that much. <laughs> I was just, I was just a personal trainer. So, oh wow. but yeah. And so I was making most of the money. We were living with his mom, which his mom was great until the grandparents moved in. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you have three generations. We had three in generations one in one house. I don't recommend that to anyone. Nope. And, and the grandpa died during that time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, we were, so you're not on the same page. You're not living no, in the place you want. No. You're driven. He's kind of being. Yeah. He, held I, back. he was held back. He wanted to be an NFL player. And so I actually supported him, like paid for him to get training, paid for him to do all these things. And then he kind of like stopped and like, didn't really go for it. Like not he very motivated. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was scared to okay, be honest. I think he got scared. Like yeah. he was, he's like, Oh shoot. I don't know if I can actually do this. Like this is a big thing. And I think he just got in his head about it, but didn't really talk to me about that. He just, just didn't do it. So, uh, he, I think one of the big things with him though, why I found it wasn't working out is he would not let me have feelings. Like I could not feel a certain way. Like if I said, I don't feel happy right now, he's like, well, you've no reason not to feel happy. Or he would, he would just dismiss anything that I said. Uh, And so I got really like, uh, I I think shaky is the term. Like I felt like I had to explode. I have to get myself out in order to. You're feeling trapped. Yeah, I was super trapped. And so I got, once I, I left him, I was just like, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm gone left him. And then, and then I made some, uh, then I was actually with another guy during the space where I left my husband's, we hadn't quite been divorced yet, but I was with another guy who let me have my feelings. Of Very course. Different experience. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, um, I wouldn't say that was the smartest decision. I wish I'd given myself some space in between leaving my husband and then dating someone else, because especially since I wasn't officially divorced, because then I realized this other new guy didn't really love me. So I was experimenting. But he was treating you more maturely. Yeah, he was treating me more maturely, like what I said mattered and it didn't really matter what it was like. He wasn't going to tell me I couldn't feel a certain way or I couldn't, um, you know, act a certain way. And then like my, my husband before he, he, I was only allowed to have pleasure if he gave me pleasure. So I was totally cut off from like, wh- like sexually, what was pleasurable for me. I just, this I mean, this was the non LDS guy. This is a non LDS guy. So this is not even the LDS. So this isn't just confined to our own culture. No. It's, it's a, it's a rampant thing in, in oh, I think men sure. culture. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm responsible for your pleasure. Yeah, and you knew that was wrong. That wasn't fulfilling. Well, I just I didn't know any better, to be honest. Like I I had not been taught when I was younger anything about pleasure or what we're supposed to experience. I knew sex was for kids. I didn't even know what sex was until my mom. You, you mean to have. Kids. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, sex not is for kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> just want to clarify the audience. <laughs> yes. It's to have kids. Sex uh, is to have kids because that's the best thing we want to do is we want to bring more spirit children down from Heavenly yes. Father to bring them down to earth. So you should have lots of kids. That's the extent of sex education you have. Mm-hmm. And so you, yeah. you didn't know how to differentiate yourself from no. your husband at this time and and didn't understand your own self. But you knew 
or felt trapped. Something inside of you is telling you this wasn't right. Yeah. And so you. So um, I exploded and I got out. Escaped. Yeah, yeah. I totally escaped from it. And then I went through a process where when I realized the other guy I was with didn't love me and I realized that my husband did love me, then I tried to go back to my husband. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So let's pause here. Yeah. That's, that's big. Yeah. So you've got this guy you're, you're now dating, you're seeing, mm-hmm. I guess you're kind of living with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Who's treating you with a lot more respect and mm-hmm. maturity. Mm-hmm. S- but he didn't love you. Tell us a little bit more about that. What, what was it? Well, he, he made it very clear to me. He's like, this is just, this is fun. We're like friends with benefits uh, kind I of see. thing. Um, and I could tell there was, there came a certain point where like, I thought that he was going to, cause I was really into him. I thought he was going to have those same feelings, but there was just some times where I felt like he was just on like automatic zone and he was just in his own place that I was, he didn't want a commitment. No, he didn't want a commitment to me. Like he didn't want a commitment to me. Uh, I, he wanted one, but he kind of let me know that I was not what he was looking for. Was he seeing other women at the time? No, I wasn't seeing other women. So but, it was kind of a committed relationship, but he didn't want yeah, a he, long term. Yeah, he, it was not long term. He was, he, like at the beginning of it, he's like, um, when I'm, I'm done with it, then, you know, we're done. Kind of like when he put that oh kind goodness. of stipulation on it. And then I was the one who ended up getting done first because I was like, you don't really love me. And I was having my ex at the time pursue me. So he, my ex was pursuing so me to come back. So this is fascinating because your ex loves you. Mm-hmm. You're recognizing that, but he mm-hmm. didn't have the skills and the ability at the time to uh, treat you maturely. Right. And then this other guy didn't love you, but he mm-hmm. had, Yeah. <laughs> you're torn here. So, so you're, you're yeah. feeling you want, you wanted that connection, but mm-hmm. maybe hopefully he could learn how to treat like an adult. Yeah. So I went back to him, but once my husband or my ex found out that I was with this other guy, it was over. Oh, it was man. done. And so... Uh, I've never seen anything unravel so fast. And well, the marriage unraveled really fast, but like the, as far as like the process between when I told him the truth and the, when we've ever, like never spoken again, kind of deal. You mean the truth that you're seeing somebody? Yeah. Else. That I was with someone else. Like he was, he couldn't handle that. He was like, we were, we're married and there's no reason you should have done that. And he like, dismissed your he, feelings he, he, again. he dismissed my feelings. He would not talk to me again. Literally like there has not been. Uh, even now there has not been a conversation that like where he understood where I came from. Oh, do you still keep in contact with him? Oh no, 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 no. That's one of those, like he was done. Done. He's completely gone. And so I actually tried everything in my power to win him back for six months. I hired counselors. I would bring him lunch every day at work with him hating me doing this. I did every, I researched everything possible that I could to uh, salvage a marriage. And, um, I, I feel like I, at that point, I actually destroyed my self-esteem almost completely because I was pursuing and chasing someone who was, was done. He was not going to have anything to do with me at that point. And it completely broke me. Um, and so, which is nice because that's where I got to rebuild myself from. Broke you in the sense where you, did you experience depression? What was, what was happening? What does that mean? That uh, well, yeah, complete depression. Felt like I was completely worthless as a person. I felt super guilty because of, you know, being with the other guy. Um, I felt like. What else did I feel? Did you feel was, like you betrayed him? I felt like I betrayed him, but I didn't because I told him we were over. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, to my mind, we did not, I did not cheat. In my mind, I had said I was done yeah. and then I left. I did not sleep with him at the same time I was sleeping with the other guy. Mm-hmm. Now, did I let him know at the same time I was sleeping with the guy? No, but I also wasn't, 
I, I did not mix the two. Yeah. So I didn't like come home to my husband. You were leaving him because you have an affair. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have an, I wasn't having an affair. I had left him already. Yeah, yeah. And then I had the affair. I don't even really no, consider that, it affair. I, sorry, I didn't mean so, to throw that word yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. What I was trying to say is, is it wasn't you were leaving him for another guy. No. And this completely separate relationship. In fact, fact, what I'm hearing is you knew something was off. You weren't being valued and you were craving that value. Yeah. And, and you were seeking it. I think that's mm-hmm. a very natural thing for, for people to do. Yeah. Um, especially when you don't know what's going on. This isn't making sense. We're married. You're not <laughs> oh valuing gosh. me. And yeah. You want to hang out with discover. your buddies and you're not working while I'm doing all the work. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> so what happened from there? You, you, the, the marriage was completely over now. You're mm-hmm. not seeing this, this new guy. Mm-hmm. Where did your journey go from there? So after I finally, there, there came a sense of peace of like, it is over. It is over with my husband. The divorce papers were finalized and I was, um, I had spent six months of ca- like calling him every day or sending him nice messages, doing nice things for him every week as much as I could to the point where I was like, I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm done. I'm done now. I don't need to uh, pursue him anymore. It's not worth it. And then I started a really awesome journey of getting back into dating, which is why I'm so passionate about what I do now, which is where because I'm at this broken spot of like feeling completely worthless as a a human being, (laughs) because my husband, who said he was going to love me for the rest of my life, uh, isn't even talking, won't even talk to me after after six months of me apologizing profusely, doing nice things like everything I could to reconcile. And so I got to the point where I started out with like no guys wanting to date me. <laughs> like wow. I could not know. And I'm, I'm physically, I look the same as I did, um, you know, seven, eight years ago. I looked the same. I was great. I was in shape. I was a trainer. I was still making money, like doing all the things. And um, so I'd have no guys who wanted to date me. And then I started attracting guys who kind of like wanted to abuse me. So I've got like guys who emotionally oh, abused me. And like, I got guys who wanted like one night stands. So I started getting one night stands from there. And then I started attracting like, like nicer guys, but like what I consider icky guys, yeah. like the, yeah. the icky guys who don't lift as much as you do, which was <laughs> important to me at the time. I was like, dude, I could deadlift more than you. Why are you even talking to me? <laughs> like, For those of you who don't know, Liz is very strong and very capable. And not only are you good looking, uh, beautiful, you're smart. And I, was there that element too where um, men were intimidated by you? I, I think so. There was a lot of intimidation. I was told I was too intense was the the most common term used. I was like, when I would ask people, why does this guy not want to talk to me? Or why does he not want to date me? Like, he's okay being my workout partner. But as soon as like any other feelings get along, he's like... Mm -mm, out of there. And I'm like, why am I so, you know, just um, like, I don't know what the term is, like just a phobia, like guys had phobia of me, like dating me for some reason. I was like, that doesn't make, it didn't make any sense. And so one from that point, um, I started, I, I mean, I had crushes on guys and, and a lot of them did not work out. And the fact they ended very, um, painfully. Like I had one where I started a business with one of my crushes. He was my partner. Oh, wow. And then he, he got a visa to be in the country because of the business that I started. Did you and, know that was his intent? Oh, um, you yes. Had a, a suspicion. Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, I kind of like 
helped it along. So it wasn't, but I, I think I had in the back of the mind that we would start dating and be partners and it'd be this wonderful, like partnership, mm -hmm. business partnership, romantic partnership thing. That was what was in my head. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then it turned out to be like none of the above, like not even good business partnership and definitely no romantic uh, relationship in there as well. Were you struggling? I, I work with a lot of um, mid single adult women mm -hmm. and they start to think they, they keep meeting. They feel like they're attracting these deadbeat guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just put it out there. And uh, they start to think there must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Were you having mm -hmm. that experience? Were you thinking, am I doing something wrong here? Oh, for sure. I mean, I definitely, I would read every single help self-help book I could find to figure out what I was doing wrong. I got every single book, watched every single video I could get my hands on, on how to get the guy on how to get him to like me, what to text him to do this, what to, you know, all those different tips and tricks. I would do all of them and I would practice them on all the guys I had crushes on with like zero success. <laughs> well, as a therapist, that's like the perfect client who's actually using what they're learning, but oh you weren't gosh. having success. No, I wasn't having any success, oh, which bummer. is why I do what I do now uh, because I figured out what actually gets success. It's not the tips and tricks. It's actually the energy behind you as a person and building confidence. So after I tried all the books and did all that, then I went to a little bit of therapy, but then I started hiring like specific mentors for therapy. Like oh, uh, the first one I did was an intimacy expert. So I, she was amazing. I'm, I'm going to say her name because she was just awesome. Her name was Alana Pratt. She still is Alana Pratt, but <laughs> she had this energy about her where she was really, um, I think the term was she was, the guys would want to bring her home to mom, but also want to sleep with her. And uh -huh. that was the energy that she had. And I'm like, I want to be just like that. <laughs> so I, uh, so I had like six sessions with her and really started, uh, the work was a lot different than I thought it was going to be, but it was all about inside about mm -hmm. loving myself. And I learned some different techniques. And then I, I still went back to kind of my old ways, but I was getting a little bit better. And then I hired a I started to be like, well, I want to be more feminine. Feminine became the term that I needed to be. I was, I was too masculine. Which, which too is intense. interesting because that's not the first thing that comes across when I see you is you're not feminine. <laughs> you, you, you appear very feminine. Well, I've definitely worked on that for oh. sure. <laughs> and probably since the time you met me, I was probably doing uh, a lot okay. of work, which probably made me a lot different than um, what I was in the past. So at that time, like when I got into the feminine work that I did, I actually hired another mentor, Amy Sherrill, who was amazing. And I went on like four or five different like femininity retreats and learning about my I didn't know there was such a thing. Oh, there is. And they're amazing. They're all oh, for women. Cool. And uh, but I learned uh, a lot more about myself, which is where a lot of my new the new teachings that I have for women are now is because I with the with her, I learned basically everything I didn't learn that my mom like, I don't know if should be the word, but my mom didn't teach me. I learned about being a woman. I learned about my, my, uh, sexual pleasure. I actually ended up hiring a sex, um, expert in between there. So I also did some sexual training at some point too. So what is, it sounds like to me, and, and please correct me if, if I'm uh, putting words in your mouth, you were discovering you were betraying yourself through this whole journey. You weren't yeah. being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. You weren't understanding what you truly wanted whether that's, um, well, you, you had a, an expectation in your mind mm. of what life should look like. Yep. Um, but you didn't know how to get there. And in the process you were sacrificing who you were mm -hmm. to get there. Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like almost the begging of your husband back and yeah. uh, willing to give up 
anything about yourself to retain a guy in your life. So now is that, is that yeah, fair yeah. to say? I, again, I yep. don't, you, you call me out. I, oh yeah. But when you express it, that's what it sounds like mm -hmm. what was happening. So you knew something was wrong. You're hiring these experts. You're getting in tune with yourself emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically, mm -hmm. uh, not just fitness. You're, you're the fitness expert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but sexually. Mm -hmm. So what was happening? What did you see happen to you? Uh, so, I mean, it was a process. It didn't happen overnight. Like it wasn't like I, I hired the mentors and all of a sudden there was this epiphany of like, Oh, I love myself. And now I just, you know, and now I attract all Which these men and the it's case. great. Yeah. It's never the case. Um, but I think little after little, and then, um, I, I think I grew just a little bit every time with a little bit more confidence. And I think, one of the big things that happened was I found more purpose in this life other than what I had been taught when I was younger, yeah. which was to get married um, and have kids. And that the best call, the, the best calling a woman can have on this planet is to be a mom. And that was what I had been taught since I was little. And obviously I'm one of those very competitive people who, of course, I want to be the best. So if you tell me being a mom is being the best, I want to be a mom. It. Yeah, exactly. And then but that wasn't even my case. Like I didn't become a mom. I got married, but I didn't have a, a children because I was also going to be a very, very good mom. I wasn't going to just have kids irresponsibly when I couldn't afford to have them. So you had to have that life plan and your husband wasn't. On no, that. Oh, no, no, no. I was like, well, and the biggest, that was one of the big arguments I had with my husband. I was like, if I stop working and we have kids, cause I was like, well, I can't work being like just having a child. I can't be doing my job. So you got to be able to do something here. Exactly. And he, and he was not showing me any signs of that. So of course I was not going to get pregnant. I was, he was like, not a teammate. Yeah. And I'm like, and I knew enough about my body. I was like, was exercise science in, in college. I, I paid attention very well during the human reproduction cycle. I know how to get pregnant, how not to get pregnant. Like I was very well aware of that. So, uh, because of that, you know, I didn't become a mom and, so with when I went through the feminine training, I realized that there was more to me as a woman that I could that I could still enjoy my life and still have purpose on this planet without having to be a mom, having to be like a church member, having to, you know, be in really society and raise, you know, kids who are just going to complete the same cycle that there was so much more out there. There's so much more to me. There was so much more to this world. There was so much more that I just got so excited about. And that's where I started. Um, and that's where things really shifted for me. Um, so a couple of questions here. Mm -hmm. What was that? How long was that journey? Of course, it wasn't quick, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, was or, or I guess maybe it'd be fair to say you're still discovering that. Yeah. Uh, but when when did you have kind of that aha moment or that breakthrough? Um, that changed your paradigm completely? I would say like when I felt like I actually like changed or I feel like I was finally in the spot where I was attractive, where I was happy with myself, where I was doing what I wanted to do. I think that was about six years after my, my divorce. Oh my goodness. And so, and it was at that point where I started recognizing that I could attract any guy that I wanted on purpose. And I started being able to attract really, really good guys instead of the crappy ones I was doing before. And I started to uh, be able to pick out specific guys I wanted. And I, and I keep getting better at it now, but I could pick out specific guys and date 
any guy that I wanted to. And I felt like I had a lot more control and I was like, Ooh, I finally got it down. I know what to do now. <laughs> and so of course, then I had to start a business that where I trained women. And then I broke up with the guy that <laughs> or I was like, I did it. I found the guy. <laughs> oh wait, I just broke up with him because I said, I'm going to start this business. Great. <laughs> and you know, now it just continues. <laughs> what was that because he didn't want to follow you with the business or that became your priority? Was was, the business? No, no, actually it was a really funny how that one ended. Cause he was like full on pursuing me. I thought, we were like the perfect match, thinking the same way financially, thinking the same way family wise, thinking the same way, uh, like spiritually wise and politically and all these things. And then, um, and then all of a sudden I made, I had made the declaration cause I was switching from personal training to this new dating business because I knew personal training wasn't going to be something I continued for the rest of my life. Right. I love it. It's a big part of me. And I knew there was more to me, especially with everything I'd gone through in the last six, seven years. I was like, I have to help women go through this painful part that I did uh, because the personal training thing, I was like, I've never really been like super overweight or had that been a pain point for me. But the dating one was a huge pain point for me. Like I was suicidal about it. Like it was in super intense, literally, literally suicidal. Didn't do it because I couldn't think of a way to do it. That wouldn't have bad rec- um Consequences. Yeah. Bad consequences for everyone else around me. And I kind of still cared about other people. So I never ended up doing it. Um, plus I was like, if I'm going to do it, I have to not have it. It has to work. I can't not work. And yeah. there's too many instances where I've seen that. Interesting. Your, your, your desire to do it right is what <laughs> saved you. Exactly. That's uh, not, not to make light of it at all, but, uh, <sighs> that's that, so true. I was like, if I'm doing suicide, it's got to work. And I couldn't figure out a way to really do it completely with it working. So I was like, I could miss with the gun. I could, you know, and then I'd be paralyzed and that would be stupid. <laughs> like none of that. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So, so where are you at today? Where, where do you feel like uh, you're, you're at today and where's your journey from here? So where I'm at today is I am still single at this point, but I'm in a really wonderful space where I am attracting lots of different men to me. I get to date a lot and I'm in the process where I have, ex- I know exactly what I want. I know the exact feeling of what I want, which is a big thing that I teach women energetically. And, um, and now, and I'm super excited either way, whether or not I get a husband, whether or not I'm dating anyone, I'm excited about my life. I'm excited about what I'm doing. I'm excited. I find little things to be excited about and have joy in every day. And I know that even if I don't have my financial goals, even if my body is not completely perfect, I'm still okay with where I'm at right now. And it, like everything doesn't matter. Yes. And that's, that's where I'm at, which is a complete awesome space. And it doesn't mean that I don't have moments of like fear and anxiety of like, Oh, what if I don't actually ever get a guy, you know, there might become that moment, but I'm like, you know what, if I don't, Hmm, I've got all these things. Vegas sounds great. You know, like, <laughs> like, there's, there's still more to be excited about. And that's the one thing that I am excited about in my life is that there's always something that I can look forward to. Do you still desire to have kids? You know what? I kind of gave up on I don't know if I gave up on it. It's it's uh, not as high of desire anymore. Of mine. It's not your identity. No, it, it used to be because that would be, you know, that was the highest calling on this earth was to have kids. Now I would love to have kids, but I also find re- a lot of joy with, you know, seeing other people's kids. And then I also have so much other purpose that I get to do so much other work that I can do, especially with what I'm doing with women right now and um, really healing a lot of other people's energies and these new things that I'm discovering and wanting to bring into this world that I'm like, 
you know, children would be great, but I was like, I'm also doing some really great things as well. I love that. One of the things I'm curious about is, uh, we, we have a tendency when we meet somebody that we really like, and mm -hmm. it sounds like you, you're having this experience where you're able to draw the guys you want. Mm -hmm. Is there a temptation to revert to old, unhealthy behavior to keep those guys? How do you manage oh, that? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, there, there becomes a point where there's a little bit of a fear that I, I might lose him. And, and I've done little stupid little things, which they, um, I've, as, as I've noticed, which I'm super grateful for now is that the more I go back to my old habits, the faster the guy runs away. <laughs> and so it's like any, as, and so it, it, uh, reaffirms to me, oh, like super fast that you cannot act in the same way you used to. Like you have to, you cannot force a guy to do anything. You cannot make anyone like you or want to stay or want to do any of these things. You have to be in your powerful feminine energy in order for things to work. And you have to be confident with yourself. Like you have to be okay. And what I've noticed is that, um, if I don't, if I'm not in that with the guys that I like, they're gone. And so it's like, okay, well, all right, that's fine. <laughs> next yes. we'll go on the next route. And, you know, um, I don't have, I still have, I have a little different belief even about it because I'm super big on energy. So I feel like we're all connected energetically. So I feel like if your energy can match up with the guy's energy, that even if he has gone away before in the past, he could still come back. So I still believe that, um, that your energy can shift and it doesn't mean something's done for good unless you decide it's done for good. Once you decide it's done for good, then obviously it's done. But because you are in control of your life, you're the one who gets to decide whether it's over, or whether it's not. I, I realize it depends on maybe that energy and that mm -hmm. connection. Um, what do you do to remain authentic in, in your relationships are you clear up front of what your expectations are? Are you, how do you go about that? Cause sometimes if you're, I guess, too authentic, or maybe the better word is bold at the beginning of the relationships, sometimes that could be overwhelming. Totally. Um, how do you navigate that? Cause you're, you're definitely a confident woman, yeah. uh, smart and upfront. It yeah. sounds like it, does that scare some people away? I, I think it, I can. I've learned that there's authentic, authenticity and then authentic, authenticity. And that is you want to keep it in the present moment. What is authentic for you right now? Oh, like good you see, if you see a guy that you really like, are you really wanting to marry him right now? Do you really need to talk about marriage and kids and all those other things? Or do you just want to spend time with him right now? Do you just really enjoy his presence right now? And so I feel like where I've got really clear and where I've gotten a lot better at it is instead of projecting what's our future going to look like, I, I focus in on what is the moment and what's my desire in this moment with this person. Like wedding dress I ain't happening, that. but a conversation and lunch and coffee and like scooting a little bit closer is like that. That's what's going to, that's what I want. And I progress it from there. Like I, I for myself don't even go to, I mean, I obviously I do at some points where I think, Ooh, what would it be like to marry this guy? And that determines whether or not I really want to see him again. <laughs> yeah. But with the guy in the moment, I'm not forcing for marriage. I'm not forcing for anything else. I'm in the moment. And when I do force, let's like, I want the next date. Typically that's when they, they even go. It doesn't even have to be about marriage. It could be forcing the next date, forcing the next interaction, forcing them to text you, forcing them to do anything. And the, they will, the higher quality guys will run. When you say forcing, uh, you kind of the um, 
clingyness. Of, it could of be a clingy energy and like it could just be like trying to convince someone to do something that they uh, are yeah. not wanting to do, like convincing them to ask you out, convincing them to like sending a text. It's a very manipulative energy, yes, like is. sending a certain text. You know, you'll get a response from them on when it's like, well, did you really need to send that? Or are you just hoping for the validation that they still like you? Liz, that is huge. And I think that's a very humbling that mm-hmm. you can re- reflect on yourself, that that's a, that's a behavior or a tendency that you uh, may be inclined to do. I think that's a very difficult thing for people in this situation to recognize they're doing because they, they often describe it as, well, if he loves me, mm-hmm. he would do this. And so it's more of a justification, right? Yeah. But you're recognizing, well, maybe my insecurity here or my expectations are getting ahead of me. Learn to be in the moment. That's a, yeah. that takes a lot of humility. It does. And I feel like when I I feel like when guys have the space, especially that they they do come around, they do come around to the way that what you want. And especially if you energetically and this is what I do a lot of work with women, if you can be in the space where you feel like you deserve it, Mm. when you feel like you deserve it and you have this knowing inside you that you're going to have it. The guys do that. It's when inside of yourself, there is doubt that you are actually worthy of of having the kind of attention from that guy, because you may feel like it's okay from a guy you didn't really like, but from the guy you do like, it's it's different. And so you have to up level yourself and how you feel about yourself with the guy that you like. Because with the guy you don't like, of course, he's going to text me. Of course, he's going to call me. And you know what? I really don't even care. But with the guy you do like, you're like, oh, I sure hope he texts me. Why is he texting me? Like, it's been two minutes since I texted him. Maybe I should send him a smiley face or a question mark or whatever. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Prompt, prompt the discussion. Yeah, come constantly. on. Prompt. Aren't you going to respond to me? And with that, that energy, it the energetically pushes the guy away. Like you don't even have to be texting anything to be pushing a guy away. You could literally just be in self doubt with yourself. And the reason why I know this is because when I have attracted the highest quality guys, they always come back around when I am in the most confident, beautiful energy. Like I'm the top of the world kind of energy and they leave as soon as I get insecure. (laughs) So one thought that comes to mind is, is you're describing this. I love it. I absolutely love it. We're human. And there are times that that's not always going to be the case. That energy yeah. is gone. We're exhausted. Mm-hmm. We're sick. Whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. work isn't going well. Um, how do you handle it? How are you authentic in those moments? Because you don't want to deny the fact that you may be yeah. insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be true to yourself. Is How do you approach that in a relationship? Do you still communicate that or do you create that confidence or all you got to You got to create it because you can't dismiss yourself. Like that's one of the things that um, does not work is dismissing yourself and dismissing your own feelings. So what I've learned is if I'm in a relationship where it's uh, it's at the point where I would be trusting a guy with those insecure feelings, then I would. Otherwise, I, I, I back it off and I go handle it myself. I'm like, I don't need validation from anyone else. I'm feeling insecure. What can I do to build myself up in this moment, but still allow myself to be in that moment? That's key where you can trust him with that insecurity. Yeah, because it's not if it's not if the relationship's not at the point where it's his it's where he like cares really at that point. Like if he's just I'm casually dating and you're like, I hope this goes to marriage. Obviously, if you're feeling insecure and he's like, well, we're just dating 
Like too soon, too, too much. Yeah, too soon, too much. It's that's at your point to handle that. Now, if he's like, I want to marry you, you know, I really want to date you exclusively on do all these things, and you're feeling insecure because he's hanging out with his buddies more than he's hanging out with you, then that's that's another that's a thing that you can bring up and talk to him. But until it's at that point where there's a mutual, hey, we're going somewhere, then it is on you to handle that. I, I think this is a great segue into I think it begs the question, what can we men do to help encourage your, your empowerment? How, how do we support? I would say the, the biggest thing is um, I would say the biggest thing that men can do is not ghost and not be scared of women's feelings. Um, like when a woman expresses, like if she is being a little bit too much, like too much, I don't like the word too much, but if a woman's like, they can tell she really likes her, him and is a bigger intensity than what he is. I feel like if he can um, allow her to express her feelings or just, just give her a safe place to be there and then just be as open and authentic about where he's feeling. So getting in touch with himself and how he's feeling, I think is a huge thing that men can do. Creating that confidence. Yeah. Creating that confidence with himself. Like this is where I'm at. This is how I feel. Um, but I can still hear you. I don't have to run away from you. I don't have to run away from your feelings. I don't have to run away from your expression because I can handle it. And I think for men, the biggest thing that men can do is to build themselves up to the point where they don't have to just run scared, uh, away or, or avoid confrontation or avoid like, um, difficult conversations. I, I think that's so true. And unfortunate. I see too many men and, and that's probably one of the biggest complaints I get from, from women your age who are saying, I'm trying to date these people. And then they just disappear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. my goodness, own up to it. If you're, yeah. if you're, <laughs> if you're seeking companionship, mm -hmm. have some maturity about, Hey, you know what? I don't think own it. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is working out for me and mm -hmm. I apologize or you don't even have to apologize. You just state your truth and be respectful about it. Yeah. But yeah. ghosting, uh, that just doesn't make any yeah. sense. To There's, me. And it was, it's funny. I've watched so many men panels uh, on this and that is, that is when the guys are done, that's what they do is they just ghost. And it is really hard on women when they do that because we have to then, you know, there's no, there's no closure for one, which women love closure. We love it. Yes. We want more and more and more and more of it, probably way more than the guy does. But when, um, but when they just go, there's like, well, did he actually like me? Is there still a chance? I'm not sure right now. And, um, it doesn't give them anything to go off of. And they feel like it's their fault when the men do No, or, or the women the do the women do. They feel like it's their fault that they need to change something or they need to do something. Um, when that's not necessarily the case, like it's, it's just at that point, it's not working out. I, I thought it was so impressive. I, I'm not going to name which daughter it was, but we had a daughter who, uh, was dating somebody mm -hmm. and eventually got to a point where they weren't sure where it was going. Mm -hmm. And she had actually served her mission and mm -hmm. she's coming back off her mission. They were dating before mm -hmm. very similar, maybe. Um, but he took the time to they went out to lunch they would go on walks and he built up the conversation in a very mature way it was you know what this is where i think i'm going mm -hmm. so it wasn't a ghosting or just this abrupt you know i'm Moreover. i'm done i'm going to go marry this other woman <laughs> he was dating somebody else and mm -hmm. it and but they had a very clear communication before she yeah. went on her mission and it was date 
Mm-hmm. They, I, I don't expect you at all to be waiting for me. Yeah. And so he did, he followed that up and it wasn't like they got a promise ring or anything like that. <laughs> um, and don't so he, that. he took her word at it and she had a feeling that that would, and so I think mentally she was prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really respected about this young man was his maturity and my wife and I still talk about it, just his maturity in being able to own his experience and to be, uh, uh, respectful to my daughter and in, in that mm-hmm. regard and say, and to be truthful, it, it, not to borrow the silly phrase, it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It's I, m- my vision of, of life has gone this direction. Um, and also I, I don't know what their private conversations were, but um, it sounded like he, they were able to provide each other meaningful feedback. Uh, and that w- they both grew from that. And mm-hmm. my daughter didn't, of course she was heartbroken. Yeah. Um, but I think she handled it much better than any other relationship because one, I think she, she is also growing into a, a mature woman. Uh, but because of that mature conversation, and I can't emphasize that enough. And I appreciate yeah. you bring that out. Own your experience, have that conversation confronted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the same thing with women too. Like I've done, I, I made sure for myself, cause I used to do the same thing with guys that I didn't like that sure. I thought were icky or there was a reason. And now I have like this thing called a rejection script that I give to people. Is that right? Yeah. I have a rejection script. It's like, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. So it's like, here, here's the, you're a really amazing guy. You're really awesome. And I only say stuff that's true. And then here's the reason I don't want to date you anymore. Like here's this, this, you know, it doesn't have to be a long list, but the main reason that you don't feel like there's a match. However, you're still an amazing guy. So I wish you the best of luck, but it's like, it's very clear to the person of, Hey, you're a great person, but I am, this is why it's not a match for me and why I do not want to continue at this point. And, but you know, you're still a great person. (laughs) I, I like that ownership there. I think that's, that's perfect. And the fact that you have a script, I, I like too, because we got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's biggest hurdle that a lot of us have is we don't know what to say. And, mm-hmm. and you emphasized, I think a key there is be sincere. Yeah. You're not just reading a script that that script is a, is a guide yeah. and outline to give you the, the right words in the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but be true to yourself. And uh, I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the women who are struggling now? What would you suggest is the first thing that they should do. I think the first thing you should do is besides call you besides call me (laughs) is you're going to want to like spend some time being okay with yourself alone and really enjoying yourself. Uh, So that was the biggest change for me was switching from having to search for company, search for company, search for a guy, search for something, feeling terrible if I didn't have one was to being like, okay, I'm by myself. I don't have friends. I don't have a guy right now. I'm living by myself. What can I do for myself that, how can I get in touch with myself? And so I actually started like journaling. So journaling was a big one for me. Uh, And then like saying how much I liked myself. Like I started becoming a huge fan of myself, of my body, of what I was doing by by having mirrors around me. And then just every time I look in a mirror, I would just compliment myself on something. And that was the, that's the first step I felt to really building up my confidence and getting me to a point where I don't need anyone. I don't have to go search out a guy. I don't have to go search out a friend to make sure that I'm okay. I'm like, I get to be the one who decides whether I'm okay or not. I really like that exercise of, of the mirrors. In fact, there's something that I use as an intervention in uh, self-discovery or identity, re- realizing how much 
you can value yourself. In, and I call it the, the, the naked test is mm-hmm. you stand in front of the mirror and you look at yourself. And one of the things that I noticed immediately is how scared people are to do that. Mm-hmm. They at that moment realize when they look in the mirror in the past, mm-hmm. they're actually not looking at themselves. They're ignoring parts of themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll get mm-hmm. their hair done. They'll, they'll do whatever they yeah. need to do to get ready for. But they're not actually taking themselves in and mm-hmm. saying, I value this or I need to learn to value this part about myself. Yeah. Um, really appreciate it. Was there any experience like that for you where it was scary or, or yeah, difficult actually, to look at yourself? This, this was a huge one that I was really happy about that. I, it was a major thing. So what I have, I have small boobs and when I was in college, I wanted to be sexier. I wanted to be, um, feel more attractive. So I was like, Oh, I should get big boobs, you know? And so I'd actually done exercise first to try and make them bigger and that doesn't work. <laughs> and then I found the only other way to make them smaller. Usually it does. <laughs> So I, so the, I, after trying everything that I possibly could, I did like creams and supplements, all the things. And the only way that I found it was actually going to work was good to get breast augmentation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like $10,000 really wasn't in my budget. So I, so I was just dealing with me hating my boobs and I just, just like, I hate my small boobs. I wish they were bigger. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel this. And then there was a point where I was just like, I'm going to try something. I'm just going to start loving my boobs. So every day I would look in the mirror, I would, and I would be naked. I would massage my boobs and tell them how much I love them and how pretty they were and how awesome I was. And I did at first I was like, this is a bunch of bull. I don't really like them. They don't fill out my lingerie. You know, I was mad at them. And then after a while, it started to be like, oh, they're actually kind of cute. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, nah, no, I no desire whatsoever to get any breast augmentation. I'm like, I love, I love my boobs. And they have not changed in size. And, and it, I don't care whether or not anyone else likes them. I'm like, cause I absolutely love and adore them, but I did take some specific, it took about three months every day of doing that before. Like I actually really started to love and adore my boobs. And now it's one of the favorite places on my body because I took that time and I took that effort. And so, and it was the place I hated the most. And so I think you could do it with any place of your body, but you can also do it with any aspect of yourself as well not just a physical. That is beautiful. That, I think that is absolutely power. When I, when I teach this concept, I put it in terms for, especially those within the LDS faith is who did you allow to define in this case, your breasts as not beautiful. And yeah. sometimes they'll say, well, I don't like them. And mm-hmm. I will challenge them on that. I says, mm-hmm. at some point you started to become aware of your body and that it wasn't a ideal. Was that from a magazine? Was that from maybe a relative or some jerk boyfriend who pointed mm-hmm. it out that mm-hmm. I, I, I want a more full woman? Um, and then you took on that identity. Mm-hmm. And so I, I refer to it as reclaiming your agency, your choice yeah. to love yourself. And so it's, it goes beyond uh, the positive affirmations. It's truly sinking and saying, I'm redefining yeah. what beautiful is. And this is my body and I like it. Yeah. Is and- that I, I completely agree with that. I think, I mean, I know for myself, it was definitely magazines. It was like the sexy creature women were the, always the ones with boobs. Um, and so I wanted to be sexy. That's how I wanted to be. Now I still feel very sexy. I have small boobs. But one thing that I've really discovered in, as I've been watching women, is there's a gazillion different, beautiful, beautiful women out there. And they all look completely different. They all are different shapes and sizes. But the one thing 
that is um, common across the board with each of these women is that they think they're pretty. Bingo. And they all look different. And so there is, so the way to be pretty is to decide that you're pretty because all women and all men are gorgeous. They are gorgeous human beings, but they have to believe that and they have to decide that they are. And it's not changing themselves to be that. It's just deciding that what they are is gorgeous and beautiful. And that's part of the beauty, right? Is, mm-hmm. is their ability to be confident in that? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's what makes people unattractive is, is that insecurity of, mm-hmm. well, I want to make sure you like it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I've talked with a lot of men who express that same thing. Mm-hmm. My wife is so concerned about this, a part of her body. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, but she's not hearing me. So it has mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that lack of confidence is, but yet their wife will be feeling like it's not what their husband wants. And there's this, mm. so yeah, I yeah, think it yeah. goes back to what you're talking about, this uh, energy that's not equal. Uh, yeah. They don't, they're not confident, uh, but yet their husband loves them just the way they are. Mm-hmm. But then you get the opposite too, where men are expecting something very different and that's yeah. not appropriate. I think, I think sometimes even, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that men do love women for exactly the way they are. And they're just like, Oh, you're beautiful no matter what. And it's, it, it's almost like a crutch for women sometimes too, because, oh, he's going to love me whether or not, no matter how I am, I can be inconfident and he's still going to love me. Um, and so it's like, even if your husband does love you, no matter what, it's still up to the woman to build her own confidence back up because you're doing a disservice to your husband at the same time. If he's, he's being confident towards, he's a lot, he's telling you how beautiful and wonderful you are, yet you don't believe it. Um, you're, you're putting a, you're almost telling him that he's stupid and that he's not right for what he's thinking. And that is a disservice to the husband too. It's, it's, it's more, it goes beyond the insecurity part to like, you're actually, you as a woman or male are doing a disservice to the world by not appreciating yourself. Excellent point. I'm glad you pointed that out. I want to ask a a tough question here. Okay. Do you feel there's that women can achieve this confidence, this energy and still be active members in the church? Do you think that's a possibility? I totally think it's a possibility. I have some really wonderful LDS LDS friends. I think that you have to be okay with the culture of the, of the LDS religion And that would be the biggest thing for you uh, is to be absolutely love and adore the culture, because I think it's possible for you to do it. But there the culture with LDS church um, there, there's the the big culture, which is the loving, wonderful church umbrella. And then there's the subcultures of what what people think they're supposed to do. And I think it's being okay with being a little bit different than the supposed to's in the subculture and living to the greater version. Like I, I would say that they, I mean, I'm not currently active at the moment, but there may be a time when I do, if it fits into what I want in my life, um, where I would be active again, but I still would maintain a lot of my individuality. I would still maintain what, uh, my knowledge for learning and that there's more than just, just the book of Mormon and just this things, which even the prophets and everyone else teach you. There's just, there is a culture where it's like just the book of Mormon every day or just the scriptures or just this. And so, 
I feel like you can, you can in the church do it. I feel like there are some things you are going to have to overcome and be okay with other people judging you for, mm-hmm. which would be like sexuality. Um, it might be a thing like with modesty, which is a whole nother conversation yes. for me, <laughs> but um, I'd love to explore that with you sometime. Yeah. Yeah. The modesty conversation is, is uh, a big one for me, but they, uh, you can do it. And, and it's, if it's something, if it fits your your desires and your lifestyle. You're like, I enjoy dressing this way. I enjoy going to church. I enjoy doing these things. And it truly brings me fulfillment and happiness. Then I think, yeah, sure. Because it is a wonderful religion. There's a, there's, it's a great community. It's a great place for, uh, with people who have good values, who are constantly doing good things for each other. So that's my question. I I imagine people are listening and saying to them, why are you, uh, not going to church now. And if you don't mind, I'm going to share Mm -hmm. our conversation over the phone that we had previous to this Mm -hmm. is, um, I think you pointed out something that was important and you're being authentic to yourself Mm -hmm. and maybe you want to elaborate here, but you said when you go as a single adult, you were finding, um, and maybe some of this is my, my assumptions here Mm -hmm. is you're finding it difficult to remain as an authentic individual, single adult, in married wards or even single wards because it kept pushing an ideal or an expectation that you didn't want or need or wasn't your focus. Yeah. Uh, am, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, it was, it was not my focus and it was, it was something that I couldn't actually do. I couldn't make it happen. It was not like for me, I remember going to church every Sunday. I was in a family ward because the single ward you go and they're like, okay, single people stand up or new people, new single people stand up and introduce yourselves. And let's, let's see how we can get you guys all married off. And you're just sitting there like, what? And then you this have, is not my energy. Yeah. It was not the energy. And I, I did try out the singles ward for a time and you're, you're talking to all these people and you're like, this is my selection of who I'm supposed mm-hmm. to marry. And I think at that point I was just like, I can't be, I'm like, I don't like going to a ward where the purpose of me going to this ward is to get married. Yes. Like I'm getting kicked out of the other ward because I am supposed to be getting married. But then when I go to the other ward, you're not using church as a dating service. <laughs> exactly. But, and then you go to the family ward, but the, all they're talking about is families and, you know, husbands and wives and children and, and doing all the things. And as I, when I was in the family wards, I was just like, there wasn't a place for me. I couldn't, I couldn't be the mom. I couldn't be, I could, I mean, I was even teaching primary. I could, and I was just like, but I had no kids of my own. And the kids were like, well, why don't you have a husband? And why don't you do all these things? And I'm just like, uh, it's not like I'm not trying. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My wife would say that people say, why aren't you married? It's not my fault. (laughs) I mean, I do take responsibility, you know, like I could just marry any good LDS guy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But I feel like for me, like deciding that I wasn't, um, I decided that I wanted to feel good and that was, became more important to me. So going into an atmosphere for me, where it made me feel like in fear or that I couldn't live up to the standards or that I couldn't, um, like add to the culture really was not the place for me. And that was, that was the reason why I decided to, um, to discover some more things and to build, uh, really work on a spiritual practice. I mean, I still, you know, read scriptures and say prayers and do all that, but develop a spiritual practice where I felt like I was really getting in touch with heavenly father without depending on what the prophet said, what my bishop said, what someone said in sacrament meeting and really focus on what my intuition was telling me. And that's what I decided to do because the other way was not 
did not feel good. That's, that was the main reason. I really appreciate those words. I, I, I joke with my wife, but I don't think it's a joke. I, I, on mother's day, father's day, I think we need to stop talking about mothers and fathers and start talking more about Christ and mm. his influence in our life. That's why we go to church, mm-hmm. not to marry people off. It's not a <laughs> dating service. And the fact that it was making it difficult for you to mm-hmm. be authentic and you stay true to that. I, I love and respect that. I think that's important for uh, an important message for everybody to take away from this. Yeah. And, and, and that you still like the church. You, you think it's an important aspect of life. Yeah. Um, but it's not your direction at this moment. No, I mean, and there's, yeah, there's a lot of things like culturally that is not my, is not my style. And I, I do agree with most of the standards of the church and I've, and my opinion on it is, and this is a complete, just my opinion is that they are the standards that make you the happiest, but that doesn't mean you can't be happy in other ways. And I think that is, and that was as a person who likes to experiment with everything in life, just being able to discover like, oh yes, that this, this decision is not a good decision, but that doesn't mean it needs to be law. Like, I think that was one of the things that is probably one of the biggest things that's like, culturally, it's not a big, the church doesn't fit with my life because it's, it, it's going to stop me from experimenting with anything outside of what the standards would be. <laughs> Liz, my goodness, we've covered a lot here. Uh, your energy is great. I love this interview. I want you to tell us your business name and how people can reach out to you. But before you do that, is there any last things that you feel are important for the audience to know? I think for the audience, I would like you to know that you are the most amazing person on this planet. And that the only person that really needs to know that is you. You're the only one who needs to know. And to be honest, your opinion is the only one that matters. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're single. It doesn't matter what calling you hold. It doesn't matter what your financial situation is like. You are still completely valuable, completely wonderful. And yes, God may know that, but really the important person who needs to know that is you. And if you can develop that within yourself, that would be the whole world will become so much better. Thank you. Perfect way to sum this up. Now tell us how we could get in contact with you. Okay. So I, my business is uh, lizglorioso.com and it's love with Liz. And I coach powerful athletic women to attract and date the men that they want to. It's very specific towards dating men that they want to. And a lot of what I do is I teach women how to get themselves energetically okay with themselves and then how to use that in interacting with guys and um, how to uh, navigate the dating industry from like first attracting someone to going into first dates and beyond. And so that's what I focus on in my business. And I love working energetically with people and helping you get in touch with who you are and into your intuition. I love telling you that you're always right. So you're going to love me for that. I don't like telling people they're wrong. Um, but what I really love for people. And one of the things that I do with uh, anyone who starts new with me is I have a 50% off first time session. And so you get a chance to work with me one-on-one half the price you would normally. And you can find that out if you go to my website, lizglorioso.com and you click on the private coaching link, that will be uh, where you can start to get. Um, I also have lots of other programs and stuff that you can look into. I do Instagram every day. And then I do, I have a YouTube channel that I also uh, post videos twice a week on. So you, Lots of ways. You keep busy. I, I see it coming every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I will include that information on the podcast Thank and um, on the blog so that people can have it. Thank you, Liz. It's Thank been a you pleasure. so much, Dan.